Star Wars 7x7, episode 2750. The Streets of Mos Espa is chapter 3 of the Book of Boba Fett, and it features the first glimpse that we're getting into the past and present timelines starting to merge together, some fun cameos, and our first inklings of how the big bad situation is going to come about. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. Here we are, episode 2750, three quarters of a way to the next thousand episode milestone, which is pretty exciting and yeah, just chugging along. In fact, we will hit episode 3000 later this year. Gosh, it's just, it's amazing how the time flies when you're having fun with these daily doses of Star Wars joy and I hope you're having fun with them too. So let's talk about chapter three of the Book of Boba Fett season one, The Streets of Moss Espa, and we'll focus on five particular highlights here. This is spoiler territory, so if you haven't watched the episode yet and don't want it spoiled for you, then maybe save this for a later date. But if you're okay with me jumping in, then let's go. First of all, we finally get a lay of the land in Moss Espa. 8D8 gives a lecture to Boba Fett and Fennec Shand explaining how things went down after the fall of Jabba the Hutt. That Bib Fortuna took over and the city of Moss Espa and the businesses under Jabba's protection were basically divided up into sectors. And so the Trandoshans have one part of Moss Espa, the Aqualesh have part of a different section, and the Clatoonians have part of a third section. So this actually is gonna give us some insight into how things unfold over the rest of the season. And we'll dig in more to the ultimate enemy Boba Fett's gonna have to deal with later on in this episode. But the point I wanna get at for right now is knowing the situation in Mos Espa with the uneasy alliances between the Trandoshans and the Clatoonians and the Aqualesh, well, that's why we're going to have all representatives from those groups at a dinner party in Jabba's palace where Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are going to be talking about partnering together and everybody getting rich and whatnot because it is going to be that way that Boba Fett creates an alliance that's able to withstand the pikes coming into the territory. And so our second highlight is the fact that it's not going to be the Huts that turn out to be the big bad of the series. That was a bit of a feint, if you will, F-E-I-N-T, feint. It turns out it's going to be the Pikes, but let's stay focused on the Huts for the moment because the Hut situation gets brutal until it suddenly gets completely out of the way with an incredible fight scene featuring Black Chrysanthemum, who is apparently just referred to as Chrysanthemum in this, so I don't know if they are just dropping the Black from the naming which is fine whatever that's cool anyway that's a brutal fight and I gotta say why doesn't Chrysanthemum just kill him outright like it could just be so simple to snap his neck and all these bounty hunters just get so cocky and just don't get the job done it's crazy and here we are, three episodes in, and already two characters have been dropped into the old rancor pit, which is pretty hysterical. And of course, Boba Fett would not have survived this fight without the help of the mods, and we'll get to them momentarily as well. But we find out that yes, the Huts hired Chrysanthemum to try to kill him, but then the Huts show up once that doesn't work and say, um, yeah, on second thought, never mind, we're getting off Tatooine, and you probably should too, because 
it's not going to go well for you. And in the meantime, here's a gift, a ranker. Gives him a whole ranker cap with a ranker keeper coming along for the fun. And it's Danny Trejo, which is super exciting. And that's probably one that a lot of people had on their bingo cards because he is often appearing in Robert Rodriguez material. And what a terrific role for him. The conversation that he and Tamora Morrison have about this calf and about rankers in general is just wonderful. It's so cool. But the fact that the Huts are saying on the one hand, yeah, maybe you should get off Tatooine. On the other hand, saying, here's a ranker. Like, yeah, take this ranker off Tatooine too while you're at it. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a mixed message to me. And Boba and Fennec kind of have a sense of that and that they shouldn't be trusting the Huts and that it's in the Huts' interest to see their enemies fighting each other. And so those enemies are going to be, of course, Boba Fett with his newly formed and forming syndicate and the Pikes. But I want to circle back to the mods for our next takeaway. That is the group of candy-colored speeder bike riding hooligans. And yes, that's all from the audio description. They're called the mods, and the scooters are described as being candy-colored, basically. And so the deal with them is that they all have enhanced themselves with cybernetic parts to some degree. We only get to learn the names of two of them according to the uh, you know material at the end of the episode. Drash is the the gal with the cybernetic arm, and Scad is the guy with the cybernetic eye. But it goes to show how Boba Fett is just continuing to pick up a very unusual set of stragglers to work as his enforcers. And because things in Moss Espa aren't going nearly as well as Boba Fett understood, these hooligans are basically stealing just to be able to get themselves hydrated, which, you know, is a whole little subplot thing that happens that might merit some further, deeper discussion. But it's a good thing he did, because if they hadn't showed up in time, Chrysanthemum would have killed Boba Fett easily. I mean, even with all the lolly ganging around and all, oh, I'll crush you and I'll throw you and I'll do this, that, and the other. No, Chrysanthemum absolutely would have had Boba Fett dead to rights if it weren't for the timely arrival of the mods. And so the mods are going to be helpful for the big fight as well, which is going to be against the Pike Syndicate. So that's why the Huts were leaving, because the mayor said, oh, Mas Espa has been promised to some other group. And we find out it's the Pike Syndicate. And this is how the past and present storylines are coming together, because it's the Pikes that were giving the Tusken Raiders and Boba Fett problems in the past. And now they're going to give him problems in the future as well. And so, you know, whoever the leader is of the Pikes at this point, I have a feeling we're going to see that come to a head once again. In the past, Boba Fett has a conversation about collecting the toll with the Pike leader, and the Pike leader says, we're already paying a toll to this group called the Kinton Striders, and that's the Nikto biker gang we see in the previous episode that's beating up Kami and Fixer in that bar, and then Boba Fett goes in and knocks them all around. And so Boba Fett says, yeah, you'll never hear from them again. They're like, we don't want to pay tolls to two people. Fair, I guess, sort of, but Boba Fett's like, yeah, you'll only be paying tolls to us, so I'll deal with them. And meanwhile, the Kinton Striders, while he's been gone in Moss Eisley, have arrived at the Tuscan camp and massacred everybody. So, yeah, <laughs> Boba Fett is definitely not happy about this, and you can bet the Kinton Striders are going to have their hats handed to them in short order in the next episode. But you also kind of get the idea that the Pikes were perfectly happy to pit Boba Fett against the Kinton Striders and let them fight out their stuff rather than having to deal with this. And for all we know, the Pikes actually helped fund the Kinton Striders in 
torching the Tuscan Raider camp because the Pikes would probably be very mad about what the Tuscans put them through and destroying that train and took all their water and all that stuff. So there's definitely bad blood between Boba Fett and the Pike Syndicate, and that's going to come to a head as we continue in this season with a bunch of Pikes arriving on some Starliner at Mos Espa. This is going to be a problem, and as Fennec says, you know, this is the first wave, preparing for war. So there you go. <laughs> There's where that line shows up, and Boba Fett says we're going to be ready. And that must mean that he's going to be reaching out to the Trandoshans and the Aqualush and the Clatoonians for help in the situation because where else is he going to get it from at this point? And for last takeaway, let's just talk about some fun little cameo notes and stuff. So when Boba Fett arrives in Moss Eisley in the past, you get to see Stormtrooper helmets being put up on spikes. And you may recall from season one of The Mandalorian, when The Mandalorian arrives on Tatooine, he walks by Stormtrooper helmets on spikes. Well, gee whiz, those things have been there for at least four years, apparently. So that's pretty impressive. And yes, there is a moment where you see somebody walking off in the distance with a bunch of pit droids following her. That is indeed Peli Motto. It says in the audio description that in the background you can see Peli Motto walking by being followed by her pit droids. So yes, that is that character, whether it's Amy Sedaris actually having a cameo in it, or if it was just meant to be her and it's just a stunt double kind of situation from a distance, don't know. But yes, it is the character Pelimato that we see in <laughs> that situation. Then we have Steven Root appearing as the watermonger at the beginning of the episode. He has a storied film and television career, but probably from a cult status perspective, is best known for playing Milton in Office Space, the guy who was obsessed about his stapler, <laughs> among other antics in that whole movie. And then finally, the voice of the leader of the Pikes that Boba Fett deals with is played by, or the, the person who does the voice, is Phil Lamar. And Phil Lamar also has a storied Star Wars voice acting career. He did a lot of work on Star Wars The Clone Wars and was the voice of Senator Bail Organa in both The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And after Ahmed Best stopped doing the voice of Jar Jar in The Clone Wars, the role was taken over by a pseudonymous person who was revealed after the fact to be Phil Lamar doing the voice of Jar Jar Binks in subsequent episodes of The Clone Wars. And so there you go. Those are the highlights and extra details to share with you about The Streets of Moss Espa, which is Chapter 3 in Season 1 of The Book of Boba Fett. And we're going to dive more deeply into what's going on with Moss Espa as a city in general, and also this whole Pike business and how the mayor is involved in subsequent episodes. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. By seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.